Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined by J.J. Cooper. We're here to break down the Kyler Murray decision today. J.J., your Heisman Trophy winner and uh, number nine overall pick in last summer's MLB draft. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, discussion about what he's going to do. He is declaring for the NFL draft. We know that for a fact now. Uh, he's also due in the A's minicamp in February. Although Susan Sluster is reporting that, you know, that it looks like that the A's understand that he's going to head to the NFL Combine. So it's, it's definitely an interesting situation where we've seen a uh, lot of speculation and there's a lot of moving parts to it. And now we're starting to see some of those uh, parts uh, cement into place, if you will. Take us through real quick all the different options. It seems like there's some confusion out, about, out there about what he can do, what the A's get back if he goes and plays football, what the realities of the situation are. You've been on this really from the moment he was drafted and then continuing up through this entire process. What, in your mind, are some of the commonly held misconceptions about the situation? And just where does it all really stand? So I, there's been two sport guys who can play baseball and football for forever. You know, I mean, again, forever. If you go back to Jim Thorpe and all many, many, many years ago. Um, one thing, though, that has changed is, like, again, in my time, like, you know, and again, I'm, I'm proudly middle-aged at this point. So, like, Drew Henson is in my time. Deion Sanders is in my time. But so Drew Henson, you know, at the turn of the 21st century was considered an absolutely elite baseball prospect, an absolutely elite football prospect. And... If we're looking back on it, I think we can fairly say that his attempts to do both, he was no Bo Jackson, he was no Deion Sanders, his attempts to do both probably hurt him in both cases. You know, it, if you're listening to this and you were not alive and watching sports in 2000, 2001, 2002, you might not even remember who Drew Henson is, but <clears throat> drafted by the Reds, signed for $2 million on a contract that allowed him to play for Michigan and to play Michigan Wolverines football where he was quarterbacking with Tom Brady. They were splitting time. Tom Brady was his backup at one yes. point. And, uh, you know, and again, Tom Brady was the un upperclassman. Henson came in, but Henson was such a good prospect. And admittedly, we no one knew that Tom Brady was Tom Brady, but Hen Henson was such a good prospect that it was like, no, no one stands in the way of this guy. He was also an elite third base baseball prospect, power, athleticism, defense at third, and he went back and forth. Well, he didn't hit a whole lot, struck out a lot. Uh, and on the football field, you know, he was a little inconsistent as well, which partly comes from being trying to master reading defenses and all those kind of things when you are only playing part-time. So the Yankees traded for Henson and then signed him to a six-year, $17 million major league contract to convince him to give up on football, totally. 
We've seen, you know, and then he failed at baseball. He ended up going back in football as a backup for the Cowboys briefly. But in the end, neither of his careers worked out. Fast, same around the same time, Joe Borchard playing both at Stanford, uh, Cardinal, sorry, the White Sox convinced Joe Borchard. Here's $5.3 million, which at the time in the draft, Adrian Gonzalez was the number one pick in that draft, and he got $2.3 million less than Joe Borchard. So, like, it was a lot of money to convince him, and then strikeouts and all meant that it never worked out for him. Similarly, Chad Hutchinson. Torrey Pines High School grad, Chad Hutchinson. Chad Hutchinson, football, baseball options, chooses baseball because they give him a big contract that had shoulder problems and all. But I'll give a positive story at the time. Joe Maurer, Joe Maurer was as good a, he was going to be FSU's quarterback probably as a freshman, had a, had a baseball football choice. Chooses baseball, gets a big contract, turns into an elite player for many years. So we've had a lot of this going back. But but Joe Maurer, you know, that's the case where he gave up football. He stopped playing. The guys who, you know, these are the guys that we're talking about quarterbacks. Chad Hutchinson, you can go to Josh Booty if you want. You can go back. You mentioned Drew Henson, Chris Wenke, Brandon Whedon. These guys played baseball. It didn't work and then went to football. Trying to be a quarterback as well as a professional player at the same time was not feasible even in the 90s. It was a either or proposition yes. in most cases. So now with the demands and the media, you know, scrutiny of it today, you know, you, you've talked about this, playing both at the same time is really not I, an option. I don't see how a quarterback could play both, partly because, and this is, I think, one of the biggest things that Kyler Murray is going to have to do when it comes to the NFL draft. When we talk about, like, the question, like, okay, let's just get one question out of the way. If Kyler Murray decides to play football and never plays, he has yet to play a game of pro baseball, but if he never plays a game of pro baseball, do the A's get any compensation for that? And the answer is no. He signed a contract. The compensation where you get a replacement pick, what the Braves are getting for Carter Stewart, is if you make an offer above a threshold and it is turned down by a player who does not sign, then you get a compensation pick in the next year's draft. That did not happen here. The contract was signed. The same thing is also true in the NFL. Let's say, theoretically, and again, I don't think it would happen, let's say that Kyler Murray goes through the workouts and all that, and then he gets drafted. Again, we can go back to John Elway. John Elway threatened the NFL with this many, many years ago, who also did play uh, pro base. You know, like he was a legit baseball prospect, you know, a, a generation before. But let's say, that he gets drafted by a team back of the first round, which again, there's not really a negotiation now when it comes to those salaries. So he can't hold out in the NFL for more money either. This the, is pretty- The slot is the slot. The slot is the slot. There's very little leeway with that. That's why there's really not that many holdouts nowadays in, in the NFL and the draft. But the slot is the slot. But if he decided at that point that he was like, you know what? I don't wanna play for the Raiders. I'm going to go back to baseball. Well, the team that picks him in the NFL would not get compensation for that pick either. So one of the things that Kyler Murray, if he is going to go the football route, is going to have to do, especially to be a first-round pick, is to convince the team, who is the teams who are interested in picking him, that he is all in on football and that this is the path that he is going to take long-term. Because there is no safety net where besides finances, but a, a first-round pick in either draft is a very valuable proposition by itself. And if you 
if he turns and says, I'm going back to baseball, the NFL team would be out that pick as well. So there is a lot going on here. That said, I mean, we spelled it out. You know, if you, go, if you haven't seen it yet, go to baseballamerica.com. We had a story, you know, that looked at it. From a financial standpoint, Kyler Murray, especially, if he is the last pick in the first round of the draft, he is going to do much better financially over the next five years or so in football than he will in baseball. Because of that, they have no leverage with that. Like, if Kyler Murray wants to, the only leverage they have is that, and again, from our reporting, and this happens a lot, he has received some of his bonus money, and he gets a significant chunk of it when he reports this year. Like, that's the, and that is, that's not an unusual, like, you can, from our reporting, they have not done the two-sport thing where you get yours in chunks over five years, but there are a lot of draftees, whether they have two-sport status or not, who get their bonus split up because there are a lot of times there are tax benefits for it. There's a lot of reasons to do that. And also for the team, that there are reasons to, to do that as well. But if you're the A's, the only leverage you have really is to say, hey, you're in breach of contract. We want the money we've given you back which you could do. But even with that, if you're the A's, you don't have a whole lot of incentive to do that right now because, again, we've established there's not really much leverage. If he wants to go play football, there's not much that the A's can do. But what you have to hope is, is you want to keep a relationship with Kyler Murray so that you're not losing your ninth pick, that down the road, if, this, if he changes his mind, you're there and available and you're ready. You can put him on the restricted list. Again, long-term, if he's not coming back, you can you know, file to get the bonus back and all that. But as it stands right now, like, you understand why the, I can understand why the A's are like, yeah, if you're gonna go to the combine, go to the combine. Because for one other thing, baseball's hard enough if you're focused on it. If you're kind of like, oh man, they're, uh, they're making me be here, but I wanna be at the, you know, over at, you know, playing in the NFL. Playing in low A is not going to be a uh, real fun experience. And that was the point I made, you know, around the time the draft, uh, the drafting of Kyler Murray occurred, someone had asked in the chat, and I said, look, the A's are, with this pick, and I'm sure the A's spoke with some NFL scouts, you know, did their diligence on this, the A's were betting that he would not be a first or second round quarterback mm -hmm. in the NFL draft. Because if that, you have to make that assumption if you're going to draft him where they drafted him, because... If the choice comes down to, I could be making, you mentioned that last pick of the first round, a $7.5 million signing bonus and living the NFL life, or riding the bus in Beloit, you're sure, like, you're going to pick that NFL life. And that's where for the A's, again, for, in my mind, it was an unnecessary risk for them to have drafted Kyler Murray ninth overall, despite all the assurances, despite what might have been said, because a lot can change in a year. And now, again, a Heisman Trophy, and all of a sudden, hey, there's a chance he goes first, second round, particularly with the success of Lamar Jackson and other players in the NFL. And particularly in a draft that right now has really one first-round quarterback in it. So for me, again, that's, it goes back to we can, we can argue about this all I want. At the end of the day, if he gets drafted high enough where the bonus money is right, and like you said, you know, being focused on, you know, if he's riding that bus through the Midwest League, when, man, I could be playing the NFL right now, that's not, that's not a recipe for success either. Um, 
a couple things with that. One is, you know, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, I mean, one is, is that we ranked Kyler Murray on our top 100 really low, um, not because he was not very talented. And maybe we were too low. I'll be the first to say, maybe we were too low. But we did so largely on the basis of, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of underemphasizing if the risk that is involved, even if Kyler Murray throw football out of it. Because of how much football he's played, he is behind as far as at-bats. You know, he's an extremely athletically, extremely talented player, but he is behind at-bats his contemporaries because he, you know, again, he played two seasons effectively at Oklahoma, you know, at Oklahoma baseball. But one of those seasons was not very good, and he was really going back and, you know, and then this past season he was pretty good. He still was going back and forth from spring football to baseball. We never saw him at his best in baseball. He did play in the Cape one summer. But for where he is, if you're comparing him to the other college outfield draftees, he has less at-bats under his belt, he has less games, which is something that is a factor. You know, and again, it's been something that has hurt George, you know, uh, many football, baseball players in the past. Um, but the big reason that we ranked him as low as we did is exactly what we're talking about, which is, is that if you're a baseball team and you know that this is a possibility and there's no way you can prevent this possibility other than if you get him on the day he signs to essentially give up the idea of playing football. We're giving you this bonus and it has provisions you can never play football. If Kyler Murray had not had last season at Oklahoma on the football field, he would not be a first round pick. He had to go out and perform. His year as Baker Mayfield's backup was interesting, but it wasn't enough to make him a premium pick. It wasn't going to get him projected right. to be drafted in the top, you know, top couple rounds of the draft. And so with that, you know, but there is too much risk involved in my mind, and I think in your mind, that's where the, there was always a worry about taking him as a first-round pick is every other first-round pick we were talking about you felt comfortable, you knew where they were gonna be in 2020, 2021. You never do that with Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray is a really good football player too. Um, you know, when we talk about, you know, like, again, this is hard. Another guys, I was fortunate enough during my time covering minor league baseball that George Lombard, who was a elite, you know, running back slash cornerback prospect in high school. The Braves took him in the second round, signed him for $450,000, I think it was and he was behind on the baseball field. Really talent, but behind. And those first couple of years out there, that next year, he's in Macon, Georgia. It rolls around, he's hitting about 200, you know, and it's August, late July, early August, maybe I think it was. And the Georgia football coach happens to decide to stop by and catch a game of the Macon Braves, because that's what football coaches do, you know, right before the season starts, you know, which was obviously like, you know, George, you're hitting 200 here. We've got, you know, like we still have your scholarship. We still have your jersey if you want to go play football. The Braves sent him to uh, much further away in Eugene like the next day. But the point being, I talked to him, you know, later about it. He said it was very tough at that time because what you just talked about, if you are a football baseball player, as hard as football is, Football, if Kyler Murray goes out there next year and he plays, which if he's a first-round pick, he probably will at some point, he may fail. But being overwhelmed by playing against the 
Chargers or the Broncos or the Eagles is something that you can explain away in your head as a rookie, like, okay, you know, I knew this was going to be tough. I'm getting the reps I need and just watch out for me next year in front of these, you know, 75,000 fans. That's a whole different story than in baseball going 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in front of 1,000 fans knowing, man, this is really tough and I've got to figure out how to do this so that I can get to high A and then go through the process and get to double A and go through the process to get to the triple A or the big leagues. There's so many more steps involved that I really do think that it does, you know, it's always going to make it harder, a harder sell. Like, I, I promise you there's no way that Bubba Starling over these last six years has not thought at times, hmm, what would it have been like to be the quarterback at Nebraska? Because he's, he's had to deal with, I mean, again, baseball's really hard. I think, you know, Kyler Murray obviously is a tremendous athletic talent on both uh, the gridiron and the diamond. You know, we've talked a lot about the, the difficulties we've established. You're not going to be a dual sport guy, quarterback in the NFL and a major league baseball player. It just is not going to happen. In terms of kind of where things go from here, you know, we've talked about mm -hmm. the finances. We've talked about exactly what, you know, that the equation is going to be at the end of the day, depending on where he gets picked. What's next for the A's if, you know, again, goes in the goes first round, you mentioned they're not getting that comp pick. I feel like it's, you know, potentially a very bad situation for the A's. Again, they took a very, very large risk. Mm -hmm. It is now, you know, a, a fairly strong chance it's going to come back to bite them and they will be out a first round pick. Top 10 pick. A top 10 pick. <laughs> what for you is, is, you know, comes after this? Because, again, there's not really a scenario here where... Kyler Murray plays football and the A's really end up okay, at least in the short term? No, I mean, the reality of it is, is that, like, if this goes as it looks like it's going to, you know, I, again, teams get over this. Um, you know, we could talk about with, uh, I mean, like, it, it, it does hurt, but, like, uh, if we're talking about the Padres and it's like, what, you know, what happens if you take Matt Bush 1-1? Or what happens if you take Donovan Tate, you know, with a top... Uh, by the way, football, uh, baseball guy. But what happens if you take Donovan Tate with the top, you know, a top three pick, and he doesn't turn out? Like, I think if you're the A's, again, you hold out hope, but you almost have to treat this as, you know, players. The ninth pick in the draft is by no means a sure thing. You kind of almost have to treat this if it goes the way that Kyler Murray never plays a, uh, an, uh, an inning of baseball for you. That you know what, we swung big. There are whiffs. I mean. Again, the, you treat it the same way, like the Marlins took Tyler Kolek second overall, and here we are, he was Rule 5 eligible, unprotected, unpicked this year. You know, again, we could go through a laundry list of top 10 picks where it's like, yep, that didn't work out, never worked out. And I think you just have to treat it that way. I don't think that there's any massively larger lessons you learn from it. I don't think that you'll see the A's um, diving in, you know, Okay, to give an example, I don't think you'd see the A's this next year taking Jerry and Ely, who is a very legit football baseball prospect, signing him in the first round and saying, yeah, if you want to go play football at Clemson or wherever else and do this as well, we're, we're good with that. I don't think they'll be doing that. But, um, but I don't think that you can, again, you knew you were taking a risk when you did it. And I, I do agree with your evaluation. Your thought is, is he's five foot nine, he's never been a starter so far. 
Yeah, again, like to give it, the Rockies did this with Kyle Parker. You know, Kyle Parker a few years ago was a legit baseball prospect. And they're like, you know, we're going to sign you. We're willing to let you go back and play one more year of, of college football as a quarterback. He did. Got that out of the system and then reported and, you know. And, but it would have been different if Kyle Parker had had such a good year that, hey, he might have been a first-round pick or won right. the Heisman again, Trophy. You're, again, they were betting on the, ta on the performance not being to the level it was, and they lost that bet. That's essentially what they did. They were, their evaluation was that Kyler Murray financially and developmentally would be a better baseball prospect at the end of his season at Oklahoma football that he would be, you know, he would be better in baseball and football. And in the end, what has happened was, is that, no, Kyler Murray had one of the great seasons that quarterbacks had in foot, college football, really of all time. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. And so when the, something like that happens, okay, things did not turn out. Again, you know, the same way that, I, again, I do think you don't, I don't think that there are any massively larger lessons for the, the A's have to look at this as if that's, it looks like this may end up being a whiff. Now again, financially, they're not gonna be out the full $4.6 million when this is all done. But in reality, the money is less important than, you know, $4.6 million, even for the A's, is a drop in the bucket in the, uh, you know, in a $10 billion industry. But at the same time, it's not the money, it's that, you had essentially a 4.6 million units, call it whatever you want, in a draft where you're only allowed to use so many units. Like you can call them dollars because that's what they are. But the key thing is, is they're scarcity limited because you're only allowed to spend so many of them. And they spent the vast majority of the ones that they had in the 2018 draft to sign Kyler Murray. And the reality of it is, is that they signed Kyler Murray, and they're very good likelihood they're not going to get anything out of that. Again, this happens all the time, though. That's just 4.6 million is, it's a lot of a bigger and a, a gamble that may pay off even less than a lot of these gambles that we talk about, which is, I'm going to give $1 million to this high school pitcher and see how it turns out. 4.6 is a lot more. At the same time, you know, we talked about, again, and there's always a chance that combine happens and Murray doesn't impress people and NFL mm -hmm. scouts don't buy it and he falls to the fifth round. In that case, he could very well say, you know, the opportunity to rise as a first rounder in baseball and be, you know, the, the guy there as opposed to maybe being a later round pick that I'd hope for in football. In that sense, you've talked about this a lot. The right thing for the A's to do here is not take the confrontational approach but the understanding, hey, go do what you got to do. We'll see how it shakes out just in case for whatever reason, whether it's the draft stock falls or some injury hits or any number of things, you want to keep the door open and keep it understanding and positive. Exactly. And again, I, again I'm putting myself in people's shoes, and that's probably a dangerous thing to do. If you're Kyler Murray and you're going through this, you know, again, you've got to do what you decide is best. If you love football more, I, I'm not one to say, no, you signed that contract. Again, the contract, the contract says if you're playing baseball, you're going to play for the Oakland A's. 
you know, it, and again, I'm not saying he may not have said, I'm going to play, you know, I'm going to be back. Give me one year and I'm going to be back. I don't know. I'm not privy to those conversations. But that said, if I'm Kyler Murray, I definitely do feel kind of bad about how this is turning out. Like, you know, hey, I'm sorry, guys. I know that you guys took a big chance on me and now I'm going this other direction. So again, if the A's go really confrontational, we're going to claw back our bonus, all that right away. Okay, then you're kind of developing a, a, a divide, a gulf between the two sides. But yeah, if again, I'm not saying down the road, if he never comes back, that you don't get that money back that he's already you know, received from you. But I'm saying there's no real reason to say, you know, to be threatening that on March 15th, because you're right. Your best hope right now, if you're the A's, is that he turns around, you know, Russell Wilson was a really good college football player. He fell to the third round because he was short. Kyler Murray's shorter as a quarterback than Russell Wilson was and a little less thick. Again, football, baseball guy, played for the Rockies as well. Um, there's a lot of these analogies. But, um, but so, yeah, if, you know, again, if somehow Kyler Murray's a fourth-round, fifth-round pick come draft day, well, if I'm a fifth-round pick, I'd probably be like, why, why, why am I? I'm, hello, Oakland, can I show back up? Is that, you know, when I still get my bonus and I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. So that's kind of your, if you're an A's fan and you hope to see Kyler Murray play for the A's, really kind of what you're hoping for is, is that, his, that Kyler Murray's draft stock ends up falling in the NFL because that's the way where, not that the door is closed for him, but the difference in the NFL between being a first-round quarterback where essentially everything is handed to you, you are going to start. I don't care how bad you are, at some point with Almost no exceptions. I think there was a Jets exception a couple of years ago where a coaching change and then they're like, no, he's just terrible. But with almost no exception, if you are a first round quarterback, at some point they're going to hand you the ball and say it's your team. And then if you fail, then you're going to end up somewhere else and they're going to also give you the ball and say, we're at least going to give you a shot. And if that doesn't work, you're going to get a third shot to be a backup somewhere else. You know, but if you're a third round or especially a fourth or fifth round, you could be released at the end of training camp. I mean, that's a, or again, if you're Kyler you're Murray. practice squatted. Yeah, you're going to get offered to the practice squad. If you're Kyler Murray, practice squad in the NFL is not a reason to stick around versus potential riches in MLB. It'll be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. And uh, again, this story is not finished yet. There's still the combine to happen. There's still the NFL draft to happen. There's going to be a lot more coverage of Kyler Murray's performances in front of NFL talent evaluators in the lead up to the draft. I'm sure the Oakland A's will be watching closely. We will be watching closely. Uh, but either way, you know, while various people are, you know, turning this out to be, oh, this is so terrible this has happened, this is a tremendously gifted athlete who has put on an incredible performance and has the opportunity of a lifetime to play in either the NFL or MLB. All you can do is, is appreciate the greatness and uh, wish him the best, and we'll see how it all shakes out at the end. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to another Baseball America podcast. For J.J. Cooper, I'm Kyle Glazer. Talk to you next time. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.